Hello, lovely listeners. Uh, I wanted to address a few things before we start the podcast. Uh, Milo and I referred to it as the Mean Green 24-7 Tuesday Talk a couple of times. It is called the uh, Another Mean Green Podcast. We decided last minute that we wanted to change the name to that. A little bit because of the day Tuesday doesn't really work for either of us in that regard. So expect it weekly. We're just now starting this podcast. A little rough around the edges, a little green around the gills ironically, but we got some good content and some good conversations here, so enjoy listening to it, and let's go ahead and start the show. Check Check that timing. It's time for another Mean Green Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Mean Green 24-7 Tuesday Talk. It is the first episode, as you heard from that great intro. We're talking about check-in timing, and the time is now to start a new podcast. You know, I think in terms of the very oversaturated podcast uh, landscape of UNT, uh, a lot of listeners uh, may ask themselves, you know, why would I listen to this podcast? Because there's a bunch of other options. And I guess my rebuttal to that would be, there's really not a reason you should listen to this podcast over other ones, but it does have better personalities on it, I think. I'm just kidding. We're providing providing a more casual take. Yeah. More realistic and casual take. (laughs) It's a more laid back approach to the Mean Green podcast game. I'm Reed Smith. I am the Mean Green 24-7 site manager. I have been doing this for, dang, two years now. Kind of crazy to think it's been that long. Uh, And the person I have chosen to co-host this with me, uh, you heard him a little bit there. He's probably commented on your something on your Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Milo Mahaltzis, graduate of UNT. How are you today, my man? Tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on this podcast. You know, I've um, I've always you know loved podcasting, and I majored in journalism at UNT. Um, so I, I, you know, when you presented this opportunity, yeah, I just figured, why not? Why not have some fun? I got some downtime in my life. And, there you uh, go. Why why not why not talk about about sports yeah exactly and let's uh let's acknowledge the elephant in the room here uh it is wednesday currently um <laughs> it is wednesday, it is wednesday for the tuesday talk for the tuesday talk but the point is we're talking about tuesdays of course um it, tuesday can be any day you want it really it's subjective i believe uh but tell me a little bit about uh just what your UNT background is, you know, obviously I'm still a student. I'm a senior at UNT. I, I beat right the team. What is your background, Milo? Yeah, so I chose UNT as my college <laughs> in 2019. Uh, started as a freshman. Um, majored in journalism, broadcast journalism. Um, I originally wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, I'm a huge hockey fan, so I <laughs> wanted to do hockey play-by-play. That was actually thing that I, I wanted to do um, and when UNT was advertised to me as a potential school 
I saw all the opportunities working for sports media in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex uh, and UNT being right at the heart of that. I figured why not commit to them and go there. Um, so I spent my four years staying actively involved in the UNT journalism program uh, and all it has to offer. Um, I spent about two years as KNTU 88.1, their news director. Um, I worked there for a good time and really enjoyed my time there. Uh, on top of that, I also was a sports writer for the North Texas Daily. That's where I covered um, pretty much the two big sports at UNT football and basketball. Um, wrote a bunch of columns for them as a columnist there. And that's where I established Milo's Take, which is my uh, heavily favored column that would be published weekly at the uh, NT Daily. So there's, there's a little bit of that too. blogs that have had their opinions on a Milo's oh, Take yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that was fun. That was fun. I, I was able to, you know, voice my own opinion about things similar to as what uh, we're going to do here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pretty much uh, broadcast journalism, that's my background. Uh, I don't really do journalism that much anymore, but I kind of figured that, you know, joining this podcast would help me kind of rekindle that that journalistic aspect. There you go. And yeah. just a full disclaimer to my bosses at CBS and 24-7, Milo is not a part of CBS nor 24-7. He is just my friend, and all of y'all heard um, all of his accolades that make him credible to be my co-host on on this yeah. podcast um you know john fields was my first but no i'm just kidding i'm kidding <laughs> yeah john fields is your first love yeah. yeah yeah john fields was my first pick but then he uh, had to drc it up so um is what it is i guess but I, I say we get straight into this thing uh enough about ourselves it, this podcast isn't about us it's about uh, the mean green and and a number of other things so i, I kind of want to talk about last game it was a 40 it was a 40 37 win for for unt i mean just a thriller throughout it unt kind of blew a I, I believe it was a 17 point lead in the in the final quarter of course noah Rauschenberg hits that 31 yard field goal to win it kind of escape rustin with a win which has been something kind of difficult for uh, North Texas to do these last few years. I believe the last win against the Bulldogs came in 2017. So it's been a good half decade since UNT has won in that environment. So big way for Morris to start, you know, start his win column there in Ruston. There were a lot of things that didn't look great. There were a lot of things that did look great. But I just want to get your overall opinion on this, Milo. How do you think that went? And, you know, what it, what were your uh, – kind of observations from watching that game yeah i think they came in and they took care of business right i think they did what they were supposed to do um you know when you come in you're a part of the aac now so you have kind of established yourself as a higher school a higher program than let's say louisiana tech who remained in conference usa um so you kind of distance yourself from them and the expectation is that you are going to come out and beat them um and which they did but it was a little bit a little bit of a, a rocky finish right they got off to a good start and you know they they kind of established the lead uh, i thought chandler rogers was really good too he definitely he definitely showed his worth but i'm gonna get to that in a minute definitely. but the main thing 
is you come out, you get off to a good start, and then you blow, what was it, a 17-point lead, you said? I'll look for it exactly. I mean, I wrote it in my story, but just off the top of my head, I can't remember it. So you keep talking. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be looking for that. Okay. But they blew a pretty substantial lead in, uh, in the fourth quarter, I think. And doing that against a Conference USA school, it's not exactly a good look. Um, overall, I mean, it's good for UNT that they got the win, right? Of course, because that that's honestly the bare minimum from a school that is no longer a part of Conference USA, right? Like, you're supposed to beat them. For sure. And, um, yeah, that that them blowing that lead was a little bit disappointing. And I think if, if you're a Mean Green fan, uh, that is a little room for concern. Yeah, but and I did, is, find I did find that exact stat. I did find that exact stat. So it was uh, 30 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. Louisiana Tech scored 23 points to UNT's 10 yeah. in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't a strong finish by any means. Yeah, and you went it off the field goal too, right? Like They were, yeah. they were pretty damn close to, to blowing it entirely. Um, but like I said, that was not a good – a good spot. Uh, that's not a bright spot, but what was a bright spot for me, Green fans, is Chandler Rogers. I mean, mm. the past, I don't know, since really Mason Fine, you haven't had a QB, a really a decent QB1. You know, um, you say that. I, I know we're not supposed to be debating yet. I know. But can you call one year of Austinani, can you say that was a solid QB1? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say one year. I really wouldn't say one year is not. So, so you were um, saying so you're, you're saying that that 2022 season that Ani had, I think he broke the single season passing touchdown record at the school. You're you're saying that that doesn't constitute that that wasn't like a solid QB one since it was like a one year deal. Well, it was okay, yeah, but it, but because like I said, it was one year deal, and on top of that, the guy was what 27, uh, 29 so, actually, it's, it's 29, <laughs> right? He's he's got a whole family. Uh, and he's playing against college kids. So. Oh my God. I mean, you're not so, wrong. I'm not wrong, but like to tell you the truth, so they haven't had this bona fide like QB one. Like I, I know this is this might be a bad comparison, but um, Frank Harris has been the man at UTSA for for how many years? Oh now? man, like five. I, I can guarantee you, our listeners like are not yeah. going to like that comparison. <laughs> and I and I hate I hate UTSA. Like I I can't stand them, but at the same time, like. This is this is a comparison that I'm trying to make here. Is that UNT has not had that face of the program and that X factor guy at quarterback since Mason Fine. Um, and so to have a guy like I know this is one performance from Chandler Rogers, but let's just say hypothetical, this could be the beginning of it. Um, to have a guy like Chandler Rogers come in and easily take over as QB one in that Louisiana Tech game was a very bright spot for me, Brick fans. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there's optimism with him. And going forward, he should be the number one guy. And I don't know if Morris has announced it at all, but he should be. Yeah, he should well, be the number one guy. I, I completely agree with you there. I mean, I, I don't want to be like the I told you so guy, but like, <laughs> I mean, you saw my tweet. We've talked about it off the pod, you know, throughout spring camp, throughout fall camp. I had always said Chandler Rogers. He may not practice as well as Stone Earl, but the guy has 18 FBS starts in his career for a reason. He is the most prepared to lead that offense. He has the most experience leading an offense. I mean, I I mentioned this in my story a couple weeks or a couple. Yeah, like last week, you know, 
if it was different, it would be different if Stone Earl had the same body of work that Chandler Rogers had. You know, like if Stone Earl had started 18 FBS games, started an entire season for an FBS team, then you go, okay, well, maybe, maybe we can give Stone a little bit more of a chance. But when Chandler performed like he did at FIU, you in the second half, you kind of go, hmm, so here's a guy that has lots of experience. He has been the leader for a team before, obviously, at Louisiana Monroe. You know, what would be holding him back from kind of holding that spot over Earl at that point? Because, sure, Earl, uh, Earl may look like damn Tom Brady at these scrimmages at practice you know like uh, we're not we weren't allowed to go to any of like the the fall scrimmages which I thought was kind of weird but we weren't allowed to go so we didn't really see where exactly Stone separated himself because in the open practices Chandler and Stone looked pretty much even and then from the coaching staff you know before the season started it was well you know Stone Earl's probably going to be our guy but Chandler's still really good it's like they couldn't commit to either one and yeah that kind of leaked into the season as well to where you know at FIU Stone Earl I think left with cramps uh was the was the official word I asked the question so the official word was Morris Morris said that Stone left with cramps in the middle of the FIU game so that's why I didn't come back for the third and fourth quarters it doesn't matter to me why he left though like Chandler Rogers has now performed at a very high level and made the offense around him play at a much higher level for six quarters of football now. And to me, that that's enough, you know, you kind of look back at the FIU game and you go, if Chandler Rogers was in for all four quarters, would that be a different game? Would that have been a win? It should have been a win anyway, but would that have been a win if Chandler was the signal caller that entire game? And if I had to put, I, I have $2 in front of me. If I had to put my $2 on it, I'd bet that, yeah, UNT would be, uh, you know, uh, three or two and one right now with a loss to Cal because there's no way they're winning. They, they would have won that Cal game, but. Yeah. So, got, yeah. so you mentioned, you mentioned that the team played better around him. Right. And there's something to be said about a team playing better around one person as opposed to another um, you know, when you're starting two different quarterbacks, when you're alternating like they did, um, like they've done before when they had Ani and Reuter to start the season a couple of years ago. Um, I think a bean Ani as well, it's, 2020. It's very, yeah, it's very difficult for the team to, you know, mesh around one guy, like one leader. Um, you need to have one guy that you look up to as your leader. This is your guy that's going to lead the way the entire, the entire season. And when you're constantly switching it out, it might be a little bit difficult for the team to adapt, to adjust to that. So to, for them to name a QB1 and to have one guy going forward be the man, um, that's what they need to do. Because you see, you've seen what happened. And I think like you and other people have said, alternating between a quarterback, between quarterbacks usually doesn't work out very well for a team that wants to win, for a team that, that is going to be competitive. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, like I said, Rodgers gives the best chance to win. I personally think that he's earned it. I I mean, there's not going to be any official word, especially with how college football is today. You know, if one, yeah. if you diss one quarterback, the next will go in the portal. So yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind yeah. of a difficult, 
difficult landscape to kind of deal with that. And I do sympathize with Morris in that, in that fashion that, you know, he has to, this probably isn't the best word today, but he has to like walk on eggshells with what he says um, at press conferences and to media and stuff, because if he would go, yeah, Chandler's our guy. Stone's probably not going to get any reps this season. Chandler's our guy. Then it's like, okay. Right. I mean, Stone of course Earl you can't say that. Yeah. yeah. Stone would hit the portal immediately. I mean, but yeah, Chandler's the guy at this point. I don't think there's anything changing that. I don't see him like regressing uh, significantly, especially against Abilene Christian uh, next yeah, week. Yeah. So. <laughs> and do we want to preview that as, as well? Do we want to go into that? We'll preview some ACU a little bit. Uh, right. So it's FCS game. UNT should win it, but we all know UNT has had trouble with an FCS <laughs> team before. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Can, can you remind me what that score was, Milo? Uh, was it uh, 60 to 7? Oh, my God. We're not going to talk it? about it. You know, oh. you know, Portland State, <laughs> Portland State, actually, they, they did something similar. Didn't they do something similar the, the other week where they, they beat another team? No, or, they or got, did they get beat? They got beat in extremely bad. Uh, okay. Or, Oregon dropped. Oregon yeah. dropped eighty-one on him. Oh my god! I will say though, ACU is coming into the game pretty hot. Like they beat Northern Colorado thirty-one eleven. They beat Pavamu forty-five sixteen. They should have beat Pavamu by that much. But against the number nine team in FCS UIW, former uh, school yeah. of Mister Morris. Uh, it was a close game. It was 27-20. really wasn't decided until the end. Uh, they're playing Central Arkansas this weekend before North Texas after next week or after that game. It's not going to be a walk in the park, FCS. Like, I felt like Texas Southern last year was definitely a walk in the park. Um, great band, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it was a walk in the park. But this season, especially with that I, we haven't mentioned it yet. I can't believe it. UNT's defense, even though they got the win, still pretty abysmal. I'm I'm not gonna oh, yeah. lie to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if they get torched by an FCS school this weekend, then I I, I know Abilene Christian is probably a pretty good FCS school, but um, you know if this defense gets torched by them, uh, they need to start looking around the room. And, and yeah, just they, they need to start yeah. considering things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that we did see some changes last week. Uh, John Davis sat. Uh, Lorenzo Thompson started. Uh, Jace Reuter, <laughs> the, the quarterback. He played uh, linebacker, right? He played a rep at linebacker. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some four man fronts. Cortland Rossaw came back, so that kind of gave them the ability to have a four man front on some drives. For a lot of it, they were still using a three man front on defense, but. Did see some four-man looks trying to stop that run. But just to uh, remind uh, remind everyone after after that Louisiana Tech game where UNT stands in terms of team defense, <clears throat> they have given up in three games 1,627 yards for an average of seven yards a play, uh, given up 18 touchdowns uh, or 19 touchdowns. Pardon me. They have but scored 18. And uh, they've given up a total of 542 yards a game is what they're averaging. So that, and, and just for everybody uh, to, to kind of grasp where that is, uh, that is 130th out of 130th in the country. So, so they're, even, so they're the worst ranked defense. In yeah. FBS. Yeah. Even after the win, UNT. So still North, North Texas fans, North Texas fans, listen up. 
you have the worst defense in college football at the moment. I mean, that's, I, yeah, we laugh, but that, that's kind of tough. So, so yeah, when you true. when you approach games and you turn on the TV, um, just be very wary of that. You know, just keep that in the back of your head. So I, I know there's a lot of mean green fans that love to you know jump to Twitter. They got Twitter fingers. But uh, UNT fan, like I, I would, I would, I would put that. UNT Twitter fingers against any other college in the in the country. That yeah. fan, but and I respect all of you. Thank you for listening and reading my stuff, but respectfully y'all have some of the biggest twitter fingers in the country i have never seen a fan base that will jump to twit negative or positive you'll know whether how they're feeling after the game because they will jump to twitter and be like oh my god i cannot believe what's happening this is the worst thing ever screw everything can't believe this fire everyone yeah they're, they're pretty active they're pretty active they're so active and yeah. sometimes it's like I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with it because they'll, I don't. I don't know if you've seen this on my post, but like sometimes they'll be like, "What's going on?" I'm like, I'm, "I mean, I, I can, I can tell you, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I might not be the best person to ask you. I'm not a coordinator. Yeah, I guess so. they're gonna start getting mad at you. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just looking for some stats here, just to so we can kind of paint the picture of. While it was a win, it was still a defensive loss. Um, right. 215 rushing yards for LaTeX. Not not exactly where you want to be. But the big kicker to me is that LaTeX had 215 rushing yards and 217 passing yards. That's the uh, third game in a row in all three games this season that UNT has given up a balanced number of rushing and passing yards above 200 because it's not like it it's like an isolated issue like because sometimes it's like okay the team can't defend the run and then okay they can't defend the pass unt can't defend either at at this junction in time yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. why you're 130 or not 130, right? That's why you're dead last. <laughs> you got to be, <laughs> I mean, you got to I mean, be yeah. worse at both, right? I mean, yeah, if it was one or the other, I feel like you'd probably be mid-pack, but yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point you make. Uh, 432 total yards of offense for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, and a lot of those were with the backup quarterback, Jack Turner, in the game because, um, of course, uh I don't know. Hank uh, Bachmeyer did leave early. Um, oh, does he play for Louisiana Tech now? Yeah, Bachmeyer. He transferred from he Boise. He played to, for uh, Boise. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was pretty good with them, wasn't he? He was, but the that kid from uh, Green from uh, which is ironic that his name's Green, but um, Green from uh, around here, from around Denton area, mm. uh, he ended up taking that spot, and he's done really solid for them. Uh, beat UNT uh, last year. No sponsorship yet, but you are listening to another Mean Green podcast. What they have is what they'll get right now. It's either they're going to get better in that system or they're going to be perennially um, bad. So, (laughs) I mean, after watching... Yeah, I mean, you're calling it as it is, yeah. I, I mean, it, that, you, it you might can't just really, worse. you can't, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you like a lot of people are kind of looking at that Navy game is okay. Got to start conference play the right way. 
Navy runs the triple option. Like, think about the triple option against a defense which is very vulnerable to the outside run. That's like calamity waiting to happen, right? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. If you can't you can't defend the run game, you're gonna get torched. And yeah. Navy, Navy is not Louisiana Tech. Okay. Oh no, Navy. Let's, ain't let's Louisiana. Navy is not Louisiana Tech. They're also not FIU. So you're gonna get torched. And it's in uh it's it's in uh what's it called? Why can't I remember? I'm un American. That, why can't I remember where the Navy Academy is? It's, it's in Michigan. Why Annapolis, man? I'm gonna get my citizenship taken away for not knowing where the <laughs> where the Naval Academy is. They're gonna come in and steal my citizenship, but they can't even find an F-15, so that's not my problem. <laughs> so now, um, no UTSA played Army, right? Yeah, UTSA, UTSA played, played Army, Army, and, Army, and they lost to Army, right? Army just big boyed them. I mean, they had and this... for some reason. For some reason, UTSA fans were um, thinking that they were going to win that game. They thought they were supposed to win. Well, Frank Harris was out for it, so I mean, that was that was strike number one. Well, they should have been out long ago. I mean, he's been he's overextended his time with UTSA by what two years now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was. I think he was out by an injury. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, no, no, I, I know. I, I remember seeing the game. They showed him on the sidelines. Um, okay, but okay. Yeah. Let's. I want to talk about that for just a second. How funny was that to have? No, it wasn't funny because obviously we don't like seeing players get injured. But there was something kind of humorous about seeing, like Frank Harris, like half wear a hat, and just like. And his joggers and a t-shirt walking around. I, I don't I think don't I saw that. I don't oh my, you might have to send dude, that to me. Dude, you should send that to me. I will send that to you. But, react but to it. he was wearing a hat, like half on his head. Like, I don't know how it was staying on his head because of how how much it was not on his head. <laughs> I I was astounded. I He defied the laws of physics with his head. Um, so that was... Uh, Something that see, look, I found it. I will. I'm gonna send it to you right now because let me see it. You need to see this. He's barely wearing that hat. <laughs> like, look at this. That's funny. Like, he just put that. Like he didn't. You he know how taking pictures and signing autographs. Yeah, I mean that's a very nice thing to do. Shout out Steve Helwick for posting that, but. For young UTSA fans, young aspiring roadrunners. Aspiring. Frank Harris. That'll go up on your shelf. All right. Let's get to the final part of our show here. Uh, I was going to say we should predict the season. We'll see where they are next week after Abilene Christian. Then we'll predict the conference season. Um, So we're going to go straight to everybody's new favorite section and formerly NT Daily section. It's Milo's take. Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. All right. Well, um, I hope y'all enjoyed that beautiful intro for Milo's take. It took me all of 10 minutes. It was phenomenal. Um, and I haven't even heard it yet. I know. When you do hear it for the uh, for the podcast listening, you're just going to – it's just going to blow your mind. You're going to be like oh. – you're going to cry. It's going to be emotional. Yeah. But 
it is self-explanatory what it is. Milo, you're a man of many takes. What is your take today? How do you spell overrated, Reed Smith? The Texas Longhorns. That's right. That's my take. You're going to be very mad at me. Overrated. I can see grimacing. But I personally think the Texas Longhorns are overrated. I think they've been overrated. Um, I'm looking at an article here. The Bears are looking for upset as the Embrace the Hate tour begins from Burnt Orange Nation. Um, look, I think Texas is obviously they're going to beat Baylor. They're going to beat Wyoming too. Or they already did beat Wyoming, but they're going to beat Baylor. Um, but I don't think that we're going to see an undefeated season. I know you predicted at the beginning of the year 11-1 and or 12-0, and right? I said if they could beat Bama, they'd go 11 and 1 or 12 and 0. Okay, well they did. They beat Alabama, right? And Alabama's kind of kind of kind of been on the skids, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, but I personally think the Texas Longhorns are a little bit overrated. Um, I think they've earned a top 10 ranking. I think they've definitely earned top 10. Well, they're number three in the country, right? But I don't think they deserve number three. I don't think they deserve number three, and. Um, I think that spot will be soon taken by by another team. Another team uh, spearheaded by Coach Prime. Okay. Coach <laughs> did, 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 okay, okay. Let's calm down not, here not a little yet, bit, Milo. Not, not yet. Okay, not yet. But I personally think Colorado can climb all the way up to number three. If Colorado can beat Oregon this weekend, then you go, okay, maybe they're all right. But then they still have to play USC the next week. Yeah, sure, but that's Bo Nix doesn't but... perform in big games. We know that. Bo Nix is not a big game player. So Bo Nix could, I, I'm going to be real, bed against Colorado. He ain't beating Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams does not, he does not, like, miss. Okay, the, yeah. the kid plays. Okay, but the momentum continues to rise for Colorado, okay? You know, they started up. Now, I, I know beating Colorado State was a given, but... Look at the atmosphere and the hype surrounding them. And all the players are buying into that hype. You don't think the hype is going to be sky high if they beat Oregon and then go to USC? And now they've got to play the Trojans That's the big too? thing. That's the big thing. They ain't going to USC. USC is going to them. Okay. Well, even, even more. Okay. Even more reason. You saw what they did at Boulder, right? They brought it. They brought an offset. You got an offset over there. <laughs> over there hyping up the student. The student section, okay? You don't think they're going to bring in even more people? It's going to be a damn party there in Colorado. And it already is a party. Off, they're going to feed off that momentum, right? And I think USC, they, they could be a little bit surprised by that. Okay, um, USC, I will say, USC has not played anybody yet. But my thing is, it's Caleb Williams is still Caleb Williams. Colorado's yeah. defense is still really bad. I, I want to say off the top of my head, they're... Uh, I'll check it real quick, but just to fill the space of me talking, I'm pretty sure they're like 122nd in the country. Let me double check that. Uh, yeah, they are 122nd in the country in total defense. They had a, that scare against Colorado State. People like to say that, oh, you know, the Colorado State game was what it was. Eh, it's not a big like warning sign. They should be killing Colorado State. Colorado State is a Mountain West team. If the defense can't hold Colorado State, you really, you really think that they're going to be able to hold Oregon? Okay, but I, I, I think the the pressure was on for them in that game. The pressure was on for both sides. 
right? You had trash talking happening before the game. I mean, you saw what happened with uh, with Dion and then Colorado State's coach. They're going back and forth. So you know the heat is on, plus you got everybody watching. It's a different circumstance. Teams will play differently based on the environment. Colorado State definitely played up to their opponent. That's yeah, and uh, we don't know if Dion teams played down or up to their opponent yet. You know, Obviously, yeah. against TCU, they probably played up to their opponent. I don't think that week one was indicative of who TCU is. Obviously, that win at Houston was, you know, good win. Uh, I still think TCU is going to have a decent season, probably six, seven wins. But um, I don't know how to place Colorado. I don't know if I want to say that they're going to be a top three team. I think like that maybe, is... maybe it's too early to say. Yeah. But if I they beat Oregon, think... let's talk. I think, yeah, I think if they beat Oregon, let's talk. And then if they beat USC, by all means, you have to put them there. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. If they beat beat Oregon and USC in back-to-back weeks, then you're forced to go, okay, maybe Colorado's for real. You know, like... Now, the question that I have is, if they lose to one of those teams, how far do they fall in the rankings? They don't go out of the top 25. I mean, if they lose... Okay, if they lose to both, they probably drop out of the top 25, but if they lose to one, like if they take one of two from either Oregon or USC, then they're still in the top 25. I mean, right now, I we need to really have these things pulled up before the game um, or before the <laughs> podcast. But just looking at the AP football rankings here, uh, which I don't agree with most weeks, but is what it is. I'm not on the committee. Um they dropped for that uh, close win against Colorado State. They dropped to 19th. So a win, a loss to a top 10 in Oregon, they still are probably ranked. Uh, and then a loss to USC would drop them out, but a win versus either would keep them in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do think, again, it's probably too soon to tell, but like I said, I mean, if they win the next – two, three games, you got to start talking about them. I mean, they got a tough schedule, though. They do. They do, absolutely. And that's to be considered. And hopefully the committee considers that because I think it would be a shame to see that. Yeah, they're still P5 team. And I I do think it would be a shame to see such hype around a team that's not even in the top 10 at the end of the year. And I want to ask you this. uh, Just just because it's uh, it's on my mind, I saw it on Twitter. Um, do you think somebody said that Colorado coming in for Texas into the big 12 next season, they said that that was a net gain for the big 12 to bring someone as marketable as prime back into the big 12 while Texas leaves. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think Colorado is there yet, of course. Right. But definitely, what they're building in not even a full year of prime, right? Not even a full year, but what they're building with him, they can, they can work up to that. But Texas, clearly they've got a top five brand in the nation. Um, and that, that has taken years and decades to build up to. Um, and there's a lot of money financials also involved in that. So Colorado joining the big 12, as opposed to Texas it's a good consolation prize right now, but it's not 
it's not a, an easy substitution, right? It's not an, okay, this is a, a perfect replacement, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do agree with, with you in a sense where that it's not, Texas is clearly the bigger school. Um, it's not a net gain. It's covering for some of the loss that losing Texas brings, if that makes That's, sense. No, yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, because when you do lose brands like Texas and OU, you do have to put yourself in a position to then replace the money and um, endowment that those schools bring. And I think the brand that Colorado is building with Prime could potentially get to that area. The struggle for Colorado going forward in the future is will they be able to keep Prime at Colorado? You know, I was thinking about that, and I'm not going to lie. If they continue this way, I could see him out of there in like three years and go join an even bigger school. And go join an even is, bigger school. Is NFL out of yeah, the question? I, you know. Oh no, absolutely not. I think I think the NFL definitely there's gonna be teams that might inquire for him. This is again, if three years down the line Colorado is still dominant, they're still being really good. Um I think he'll probably get some NFL calls, definitely. Yeah. And what effect does not coaching his sons have anymore? You know? Right. There's that too, because I'm sure that's a big momentum builder for, for him and his family in Colorado too. Um, once his sons are gone, what, what does that mean for the school? Right. What does that mean for him? I'm sure he's going to still bring the same mindset, the same, um, the same energy. He's still going to bring all that. Um, but it might not be the same. And I personally do not think this hype around Colorado, it's not, sustainable 100 percent. i think that yeah they'll still be able to keep keep the hype around and they'll still be a good team and they have they have a phenomenal potential to establish themselves as a um consistent powerhouse program um again this is a school that was what were they one and 11 last year yeah they were one so it's an insane it's an insane turnaround um but as far as sustainability that's still questionable right yeah I mean, re- yeah, regardless of the result, uh, Colorado is three times the team last year's team was already. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big plus. And I do think Shador is a bona fide Heisman candidate. Uh, yeah. You know, him, Corum, Williams, May a little bit. May's kind of fallen off here a little bit. But um, obviously those four are, are the top Heisman candidates. Uh, Travis Hunter, if he can come back and be a monster. But I think that injury will definitely set him back a lot in the Heisman race, but just getting to the final parts of our show, uh, our intro show, our show for the intro. Uh, <laughs> I just want to get a little bit um, into, into just like the culture of UNT. I think we, uh, we talk about this a lot, how it, it is students and is journalists and is people who have covered and watched sports from UNT. It is very difficult for the student base to get, into the into the the sports at the university obviously the marketing team has been uh really working their ass off to try and right. and kind of build uh build uh support for the university's uh teams um uh they saw the signs outside on campus uh the football players giving out chick-fil-a uh i always go back to winning is the best medicine. And I, and I think that, you know, that's at the end of things, the the most important thing, but you know, 
you and I were both students. We were both here for debatably, or I don't think there's much debate of it, debatably the biggest thing in UNT hit or achievement in athletic, UNT athletic history, which was the uh, March Madness win in 2021. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had been friends for about like a year at that point. So um, both experienced that. While that was huge and exciting, it did not really spark the flame that the school may have thought it was. And some of that may have been because of the COVID pandemic. Some of that could have been just because the school doesn't have a very good student base that likes yeah. athletics. Just what's your opinion on this? Yeah, so, I mean, I think in terms of that that March Madness win, um, I think it meant a lot for like two days, three days. <laughs> I mean, it, it's serious. Like, I'm, I'm not sugarcoating anything here, but it meant a lot for the program. But after the hype died down, after they got eliminated, I think what what sucked was that, you know, they got eliminated. And the hype all ends there because, well, shit, our season's over. Yeah, we won one game, and it advanced us to the next round. But in the end, we still lost. Right? And then he got, got yacked by Villanova. Game. Right. Which, again, that was also kind of to be expected. But, you know, they beat Purdue. And, and then you sit there and go, well, gee, how far can this team really go? Um, but the hype died down almost – as quick as it came, really. But that's what happens when you just win one game. Now, if they consistently made the tournament and they consistently um, showed potential, then yeah, that would that would um, that would build hype on that too. But as far as that game went, um, not much hype there. And I think some of it had to do with student base as well i know you've also talked about the the student base not being that into sports uh at unt and just sports in general that also plays a role um but i'm going to give you my take as a an alumni um as someone who graduated from the program from the school um and someone who i don't necessarily classify myself as a mean green fan but i'm a big sports fan in general so i can come to you with a pretty unbiased take yeah Um, exactly coming into unt it's very hard for me as a big time sports fan i love watching the big moments watching the highest level of competition play um it's very difficult as a sports fan coming in and watching the level of competition that is put on display at what is now called Datku Stadium. Um, not, not even that, but I mean, just in general. Um, maybe it's just me, and I know there's other people that, that feel different about it, but G5 athletics are not as interesting to me as, let's say, um, P5 or those top-tier college football schools. Um, and so when I'm a student and I'm getting emails that say, come watch us play Abilene Christian University – I'm going to look at that email and I'm going to go, eh, I don't know if it's really worth it. I mean, I've never really, I haven't heard a whole lot of Abilene Christian. Much of the world hasn't really heard of them. And I personally would much rather watch two bigger schools play, right? I'd much rather watch, watch um, better competition. And it's just, it's ultimately, it's ultimately very difficult to get behind a school playing um, playing bottom feeder schools for a lack of lack of better term, um, and I know I'm kind of beating around the bush here, but that's really the 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 bottom the main line. No, uh, I I completely understand what you're saying. Um, 
I, I went to the Baylor, Utah. I have in-laws and my sister, you know, Baylor grads. And so I go to a fair amount of Baylor games when I have the time. Uh, I went to a, a Baylor game, the Baylor, Utah game the other week. And, um, you know, it was a good crowd, good atmosphere. And then there were Baylor fans on the forums going, oh, man, this crowd sucks. Like, man, that loss to Texas State really just screwed us over. It's like, it's awful. No one's here. And I'm like looking at that crowd going, holy moly, that's a huge crowd. Right. And I was kind of thinking about like, why was I thinking that? I've never, I've reported over, over, man, it's been three seasons. So over 24 UNT games, I've never reported or watched a game that was like, well, I will say the Alamo Dome, it, it sells out and it's loud. So that was a pretty good environment. But uh, it, it, not all the time. Not all the time. Alamo Dome, not all the time. I mean, not I all the how, time. Many, how many sellers did they have? They brought in a good crowd when they played Texas State, but I mean, that's because they're, you know, there's nothing much to do in between San Marcos and San Antonio. <laughs> as someone who as someone who grew up in San Antonio, bro, not not very much. So, um, man, yeah. I last time I went to Texas State, I was so over underwhelmed. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It, the university as a whole. But I'm not here to talk shit about Texas State. Um, what I'm saying is, uh, it was just kind of interesting to me that like. I have covered so many games at DAC Q Stadium. None of them have ever been sold out. None of them have been like close to feeling like a huge atmosphere. And I will say, I will say, I started college in 2020. So obviously there were COVID restrictions in 2021. Um, people are still kind of getting over the COVID uh, pandemic yeah. just a little bit. 2022 you know, it was kind of the year it's like, okay, now people are going to actually start showing up to these games, I think. And they still didn't. Uh, you got to college a year before me. You were that 2019 season where they, I believe, had Houston uh, as a non-con. Yeah. And then uh, kind of just didn't play fantastically. Well, I think that season, heading into that season, that was probably, uh, there was a really high expectation around yeah. UNT heading into that season. Because it was Mason Fines last year. Um, they came really close the year before. And I mean, you start off and you, you start off. Okay. But there's some questions there in that season. Um, and that Houston game was really the final blow. Um, you lose to Houston and then everything kind of dies down because that Houston crowd, let me tell you that Houston crowd was probably the best crowd. One of the best crowds in UNT football history. Uh, they brought in over 30,000 people. That's the, I think that was the closest they've ever gotten to selling out um, that cube. The closest they'd ever gotten. And they did what I like to call shitting the bed. They blew it. They blew it and they got curb stomped. And when you bring in a crowd of 30,000 people, one of your highest crowds in program history, and you blow it, there's not very many out of that 30,000 that are going to say, yeah, I want to come back and watch this again. There's not a lot. So <laughs> when you lose a game like that big game and they advertise the hell out of it, I got my brother and my dad to come to the game because I got free tickets. It was a family night game. And so if you signed up for tickets, I think each student, actually, I think each student got two free pairs of two, two extra tickets that they could give to family members to come. And that, that contributed to the really high attendance at that game. But again, it just, 
was not good for the brand to get destroyed that bad. And Houston was a good school that year. They were really good. I think they had a Derek King that year um, and they're pretty solid. Um, But again, you, you put on a big, a big opponent, you bring in a big opponent and you get destroyed um, in front of a large crowd. So that definitely was not good. Um, But you talk about the crowd sizes you bring in Houston, you get 30,000 people, and you look at other schools that they have brought in and the attendance that they've brought in as well for those games. Um, clearly, attendance is directly correlated to who you're bringing in to play, True. right? Yeah. So if you're bringing in Abilene Christian, I mean, <laughs> prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. By all means, prove me wrong. But I don't think you you should expect more than 20,000 people to show up to this game. Now, I know they've done a pretty good job of marketing it. I've seen a lot of emails since they um, received confirmation of the kickoff time, I think, uh, for this game. Um, But I don't think there's going to be very many people that show up. Why? Because it's Abilene Christian University. Now, you bring in a school like TCU, you bring in Baylor, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people um, because they're a big-name school. And they got a lot of fans that will travel and they're in the area. But that's easier said than done. I mean, they have it is. to. It is. Like, and that's, and, but that's why Cal was such a big game. It, that it was so hyped. First new game of, or first new game. First uh, game of, the, oh shoot, I just dropped my microphone. But first game, <laughs> first, first game of a new era. Um, Morris hyped the hell out of it. Made it sound yeah. like they were going to be competitive. It was going to be very hot. And how many people showed up? A decent amount. I want to, at the top of my head, I want to say 27. Um, That's pretty damn good, right? Yeah. Like, but what was the result? Was oh, why? It was a 58 21 loss. Um, yeah. Not very many of those people want to come back and watch it. So, again. but that's what I'm saying. It's like a P5 matchup. You don't, UNT will just not really get many of those P5 teams to come right. to DATQ, they will rather go to the P5 stadiums, get paid, get their ass handed to them. I mean, I think... Uh, it's the sad reality, right? Yeah, and I, I get back to... I think back to when they played Alabama and, you know, Texas that one year. Um, you know. But then you, but, but then you go into Fayetteville and you play Arkansas. And you beat Arkansas. And you beat them, and all of a sudden, it's your, uh, it's your, your most highlighted game in years. That's essentially UNT's, uh, essentially UNT's NCAA championship, right? When they beat, they beat Arkansas. That's how the, many, that's how the, many times? That's UNT like every, football's version. Every week, we see the fake fair catch. Oh my gosh, dude! Every the most. I'm sorry, I know UNT fans love it. The most overplayed highlight across social it's media. It's to the point. I quote tweeted it. I made made a little meme. It's like. Wake up, babe. It's time to watch the fake fair catch. And I quote tweeted it. I got 30 likes on it. And the majority of it is all from UNT, UNT people. They're tired of seeing it because it's like, yeah, it's cool. It was cool for probably maybe the first year that it, that it happened. But after that, it just, it's, it's like, damn, is this really all we got? I mean, that's really all UNT has to show for it. Like it's kind of highlight highlight accounts and gimmick accounts. will use it to not even a win. Right, like not not even a win. Like, well, they don't have a signature win. I mean, if you go back across many many years, can you really say that yes, UNT got that signature win to make them look you know, like a legit program? 
you know, I, I hate to hate to break it to you, but there's really and it's not just football. I mean, it's also basketball, too. But there's like three wins that I can think of and I can count on one hand that UNT has beaten a higher program than that. Right. SMU in football a couple of years back when they beat them, I think it was the year before my freshman year. I think it was 2018 when they beat SMU at home. And I think they, they beat them at home, right? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and big crowd. And they won in front of a big crowd. So, And you saw what that did as a program, right? It led to pretty high attendance throughout the year. Um, but there's that for football. And then basketball, when they beat uh, Western Kentucky, of course, was it, it was Western Kentucky to advance to the uh, NCAA March Madness. I remember that. That was a big um, one. But that was that was at at the star, right? That was a, that was a neutral yeah. court. But it's still it meant a lot to the program. Um, and UNT they generate a lot of media attention for for that win, and then for March Madness as well that year. Um, me and, and then the Brett, following year, yeah, me and Brett Vito of the DRC are, are is UNT's media. Like, yeah, I know I know some other. I, I don't want to use I don't want to use the O word, but yeah, we are the uh, we are the two media yeah. people. Um, occasionally. Occasionally, they'll get some coverage on ESPN um, for the fake fair catch, of course. And then, um, you know, if they win a game or two, uh, if they win a bit, like I remember when they won, when they won the March Madness game, of course, they were all over ESPN and everything. Uh, and rightfully so. That was pretty cool to see. Um, but there's that game, the game against March Madness game, Western Kentucky. And then, of course, this past year when they won the NIT, they were also featured on a bunch of sports media outlets well, so that was UNT, on espn yeah so that that was the, the nit win was really cool as well but again it's the nit it's not the real deal and i, I think i've told you this before and I've, I've told other people this but um and, and if I, i'm gonna be honest and there's some unt fans that might disagree with me but i personally think that an nit winning the nit means less than winning a March Madness game. Even if it's just the I, round I of, it, even if it's just the round of 64 or whatever, the very first game. I completely game, agree. And that's not to dis- that's not to discredit what coach McCaslin, Kai Hunsberry, yeah. Tyler Perry, those players did. It was a big deal to win the NIT. I'm not saying that at all. I'm pretty sure that's not what you're saying either. Yeah. But winning a game in the big show is is more meaningful than winning the NIT, yeah. I think. That, that like if you were like if you looked at Grant McCaslin's resume, it would be like at the top would be like 2021 round of 64 winner in the NCAA Division One tournament, and then right under it would be like National Invitational Tournament winner 2023. <laughs> like, that's literally it. <laughs> that's it. They had the the March Madness win in their bio for like what almost six months until after the NIT. Yeah, like, that's that's huge. Um, but basketball has really been their men's basketball has been their program, uh, kind of their their knight in shining armor. Um, basketball, and then, and yeah. then they had I thought FAU come out of nowhere and make the final four last year. Yeah, which hurt as as a program because yeah. you're sitting there and, and you're going, well, gee, we're a conference USA school too. You mean to tell me we could have done the exact same thing? We could have made it this far. And um, again, you go yeah. a CUSA team that you know, competed heavily with FAU in those two games. Like, could have yeah. gone either way in those games. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that tournament was was pretty disappointing. 
Um, but at least they won something, right? At least they didn't go yeah. home empty-handed. But that's that's life of um, you know following UNT. It's just kind of you know at least they won something. <laughs> um, but anyways, so overall, UNT and their presence in sports, um, they're on the rise. Um, they're making the right moves. Moving to the AAC, yes, absolutely. Even though it's still technically Conference USA 2.0 now that you just took all the good CUSA schools and moved them over and all of the good AAC schools moved up, yeah. <laughs> it's still good because you know you get better better media coverage, right? You're no longer having to watch games on Facebook. I don't know if they're still doing that. Oh in my CUSA, God. But... No, I don't. Okay, okay, okay. I do. This is like a side, this is very sidetracked, very off topic. So when I when I cover softball or covered CUSA softball for WKU, and I'm sorry if anybody from the HSN is listening, they had this thing called Hilltopper Sports Network, yeah. and they'd stream it on Facebook. And when UNT would play WKU away, I would just straight up not watch the game. Like yeah. I would not report it because the quality was so bad that it made me want to rip my left leg off. It was I mean so the bad. quality like, the quality on Saturday, this past Saturday was dog shit. Oh, dude, was I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. So it's like it's like a very blurry camera, like print like a web camera. And then the commenter is like <laughs> You're gonna have to put a disclaimer there and be like uh yeah, yeah. Watch out. I'll I'll just yeah. bleep it and they'll they'll think I said something like unspeakable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i mean going to the ac you get a little you get a little bit of perks you know you get a little bit more media attention you get a competent commissioner in uh Oresco, right i think that's how you yeah. pronounce his name at least he's competent more than judy mcleod um because god i mean whose idea was it to put college football on facebook like this is you want to talk about at least being somewhat respectable college ball you can't stream your games on Facebook like it's high school. Dude. Come on, dude. That I mean How am I supposed to tell my I... family? Watch watch my <laughs> watch my alma mater play. Oh yeah, they're not on ESPN. Where are they? They're yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, check in on <laughs> check in on Twitch. They're playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God, dude. It makes me feel like I went to a community college. Honestly, that's that's what we that's what we should start doing, really. We should start like doing like it it is a society. Start like doing football games except it's on like twitch and it's like yeah. a little person in the corner like hey what's up guys welcome to the stream today we're going to be watching well, i wouldn't be surprised if see you something like that in in the coming years that would be, that'd be i i don't know in an effort to raise more money we partnered with <laughs> twitch Dude, yeah that's i do not i don't man. i don't know the trajectory of cusa it seems kind of they're literally the worst conference Down. in FBS because they mm. now the Sun Belt the Sun Belt used to be worse than them. The Sun Belt jumped them with 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 the uh, App State, right? Appalachian State. They were in Sun Belt, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's between CSA and Mac. Yeah, the Mac is also pretty ass, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I would. I mean, seriously, who's in the Mac? Buffalo, right? Buffalo in the Mac. I think Buffalo is in the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. And they got a couple. They got a couple of reputable schools, I think. But Miami, uh, Ohio, 
Miami, Ohio. That's right. The, the Red Hawks? Is that what they're called? The Red Hawks, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's a mid-off between CUSA and MAC for the worst college football conference. Uh, but the AAC is at least somewhat better. Um, they got SMU for one more year before SMU decided, hell no, we're better than these guys. How long can they retain uh, Tulane? That's my question. That is a very good question because Tulane is on the rise. They're doing really good. Um, they had a phenomenal year last year. Didn't they win the Cotton Bowl? Oh, they sure did. Yeah, they did. So, um, right. How long can they retain them? I don't know. But at least they got to keep Memphis in there, right? They got to keep Memphis and uh, I think a couple other teams too. <laughs> um, so, I mean, AAC is a good move for them. I would have, and I've said this before, um, I don't want to get into it a whole lot. And I know that it's probably not feasible from a financial standpoint, but I would have loved to see them jump right over the AAC and go to the Big 12. That is the move that you need. Now, I know competition-wise and, like, the level of program depth. And endowment-wise? They're not not Big 12-wise. No way. But that's what it would take to get them, to get the mean green to be on a respectable trajectory, to get them to be (laughs) at least somewhat recognizable, right? But – I don't know. As I've soon always... as they were rejected to the Southwest Conference in the late 70s, early 80s, it was, was not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, that was a wrap. They so, could have very easily been right up there with, with uh, you know, Tech, Texas Tech, and uh, a bunch of other schools um, to where they are this in, in modern day. But, um, you know, that, that rejection way back when, uh, when my grandfather was still alive. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's tough. Uh, but, but honestly, I think the AAC for now, it's an okay move. It's not bad. Right? No, it's a good stepping stone move, potentially. I mean, if they, it's a good development move, rather, yeah. is the word, adjective I'm going to use. Um, I think that UNT across the board can really develop. I mean, they have two really good women's sports and softball and soccer. But then for basketball and football, um, it's kind of one of those things that they can like build in it a little bit, get a little better, yeah. uh, you know, kind of what UCF and Cincinnati did just kind of boil. And yeah, um, I don't want to say obscurity, but um, just kind of marinate in the G5 level for a little bit, maybe make a bowl. The 12 team playoff makes that a little more difficult, I think, because now yeah. you're going to a bowl that will mean even less than it already does now. You know, but um, pretty much, I think that this was the uh, thought of the move uh, for the athletic staff that um, at that time and and now that the American has developed very positive teams here in the past and have developed like teams that have competed at very high levels, like at UCF and Houston, uh, and hopefully you know for a resco and the american and also unt unt can then kind of be transcended to that level of borderline p5 i mean the damn conferences thingy is p6 which i think is super i don't i don't think it i don't think it should be p6 now definitely not now (laughs) well no after you literally lost all of your powerhouse schools that made you quote-unquote p6 Houston, Cincinnati, and um, I mean, except Tulane as well. Houston, Cincinnati, 
And then um, what, was, what was the other school? There's another school that left that was pretty big in ASC. Um, is UCF, UCF left, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it was Houston, uh, UCF, and Cincinnati. Yeah, so those three schools leave. You're no longer that quote-unquote P6. I'm sorry. You're yeah, uh, here's here's the real question that we can end our pod on. Uh, which is more corny? We're having a corn-off. Right, uh, corn the, the phrase P6... Or the two one zero triangle of toughness. Uh, this is an easy one for me. Right, I'll take. Buddy. Give me two one zero triangle of toughness. <laughs> As someone whose area code, my phone number starts with two one zero, so you know I'm from from I'm from San Antonio. There is no toughness about that. Come on, man. Come on, it's yeah. San Antonio, bro. Yeah. And I'm on not, top I'm not of that, doing the six eight two square of solidarity. I'm just. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like using the whole area code as um as your as your your motto and trying to trying to um use that to 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 boost your brand it's kind of corny now because it doesn't mean very much right especially when two one oh right like it doesn't mean that much no it really doesn't i mean maybe to the people that live there but but you know you're the only one who can say that without it being insulting to people because milo is two one oh i am i am that's right <laughs> uh from san antonio and I think it's corny. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Sonny Dykes hasn't whipped that 817. On well, TCU. they decided to go with the – oh, he's at, he's at TCU now. I was going to say SMU decided to go with the no, they went at Dallas, right? The yeah, they went, with the, they went with the big old blue D. Yeah, which uh, UNT fans were very against the big oh, blue D. Oh, man. I don't. Because... I will never understand why UNT. I remember that. Like, wow, look at that. Oh, you're not Dallas. Okay, but they're in. They're the only college football program in Dallas. UNT. Y'all aren't in Denton. Y'all aren't in Dallas either. I think. Man, that, I, I think they're just jealous. Either. I think they might just be jealous because you can't plaster the word Denton. You can't plaster <laughs> the word Denton on your jersey. I mean, I mean that's that's kind of true though because it's like, would you slap like Austin on a Texas jersey? You certainly wouldn't I mean, put yeah, Waco on a yeah, Baylor jersey. You would not put Waco Austin. You would maybe, not put Waco. You know. Yeah, but, maybe like a little. Well, they wouldn't mess with Texas's jerseys anyway. Yeah, Those of course. Classic. But yeah. I mean, if they wanted to do like a side logo somewhere, like on the sideline, they wouldn't just hold up a sign that says Austin. And yeah. Baylor wouldn't have like a patch that says Waco on it. You know, it's just, yeah. yeah. So, so I think UNT fans there might be a little jealousy there because they're taking advantage Probably. of that marketing. But, UNT. I know we yeah. said we were going to end the podcast here, but I got to say one more thing. UNT. If you asked me what they should incorporate into their jerseys, UNT has the advantage of having zero like, like jersey culture really. Like there was the mean green, the the mean Joe Green throwbacks, which I really liked, and obviously they do the Hayden Fry tribute every year. But other than that, they can switch up their jersey without having to worry about tradition. They need to put the battle flag on a helmet. Oh, absolutely! I don't know why absolutely. they haven't. That's a good point. Or better that they could put it on the shoulders. They could put nope. it on the shoulders. Mm, that's like too that. much. That's too much. That but, would look like those Patrick Mahomes era tech jerseys. You know what? You might have a point. You need to show me a picture of that. I will send you I'm those after the pod. But anyways, corn off. Those are our <laughs> corn off topics. Um, yeah. <laughs> UNT jerseys, just jerseys in general, and then 210 triangle of toughness. So, I don't know. I, th- yeah, I think the 210 triangle of toughness is, is more corny in my opinion. I'll, I guess I, I was going to be the so, devil's advocate, yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll go as well. Uh, you got to give it to me. Yeah. Toughness because yeah. it's just like, 
really, really cool. Yeah, we're tough. We're roadrunners. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're roadrunners in the yeah. G five conference. That's exactly okay. what their that's exactly what their PI PA guy stand sounds like. So here's a little dip into my uh into my my reporting days. So last year for the conference USA championship, obviously uh CUSA the way they do uh conference championships, the American does this as well, is the higher seed hosts it. So at the Alamo Dome, the PA guy had to be like unbiased the entire game. And he's like very San Antonio. And so after the game, um, it's like real quiet. Uh, I'm sitting there with another podcast man, Sonoy. Shout out to Sonoy. He's great. Um, we're sitting there and we just got out of the press conference or the game just ended. And the PA guy is like, all right, now that the game has ended, I've wanted to do this all night. UT. And then, oh, my God. And they don't want to be called Texas San Antonio because they're not Texans. Okay, but they are. They're but, but the they University of Texas are. at San Antonio. I'm going to bite my tongue, though. I'm not going to say anything more. Yeah, yeah. And we'll call it a wrap, right? We respect UTSA. Yeah, we'll call it a wrap. Uh, obviously, this is our first episode. Give us a little bit of a break on some of the little intricacies and different things. We did change programs halfway through halfway through the podcast. <laughs> so audio... difference in audio quality. Um, expect some bleeps, some bloops, you know, different things like that. But we are looking to make this a weekly thing. Obviously, when it is not a bye week, we're going to have a little bit more to talk about in terms of the mean green. But I appreciate everyone for listening to the podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, and more to come soon as we figure things out. Be sure to check us all out there and also be sure to follow at Mean Green 24-7 on Twitter and follow me at Reed underscore Smith 25. Thank y'all for listening and we will catch you next week.